How to start. Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're vital. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. Welcome to episode 444, where I sat down with Brooks Elms, a screenwriting coach who's written about 40 different screenplays. He's worked with people like Roberta Orchi and Brad Payton, and he's done a little bit of everything. He's got some courses such as Answer the Call and Unleash Your Superpower, among others. Before I dig into the interview, I want to introduce my assistant and producer, Maria Munez, once again. Um, she's helping us out, gets all these great guests on the show for us, and does a lot of stuff behind the scenes. What kind of stood out about this interview before we jump in? There's this part of the episode where he talks about this quote he saw another coach tweet about how writing is help and not writing is also help. And it honestly just made me laugh because it brought me back to when I was in university. I had to take this screenwriting course. And like our final project, like our big project for the class, we had to write a, either a short film or a pilot for a TV series. And I really liked my idea, but I was in this like bad mindset of writing is awful and I hated it. <laughs> and I also hated not writing because I felt the pressure that I need to, I had to like, our semesters here are like four months and I had I had to like deliver or like show him show my teacher a, a sample of my work like every two weeks I had to like give him something to like read so I I, I hated not writing because I, I felt really pressure and it just made the entire experience awful for me and I really like that class uh, but I I think is what he said like that that mindset doesn't let you get into like a, a good flow state that makes writing more productive productive and better so i, I think that was I, I i thought that was really funny for me yeah yeah the way you approach writing is definitely like it's, it's so massive right i talk a little bit about my in my book about the tortured martyr and the playful trickster and it's just two different ways to approach the same thing and you can have fun with it or you can kind of dread it and, and put so much pressure on yourself that you really can't get anything out so i think brooks does a good job with his with his students and you can kind of see in some of his online uh, trainings and stuff like that he's done he really gets it down to the simplest parts of writing and what makes it important and what makes it special, but also what makes it fun. Uh, so we'll touch on some of those things in this interview. And and you can get more about that lesson in my book, Ink by the Barrel, which is for free right now. That's the book and audiobook over at brockswinston.com. Get that now if you haven't already. We're trying to give away 100,000 copies this year. We've given away a couple thousand already, well on our way. So go get your copy if you haven't already. And now I will jump into the interview. Here's my call with Brooks Elms, the screenwriting coach behind Answer the Call. I started out making movies with my friends in high school. And we made these really goofy parody movies. And it was so much goddamn fun. <laughs> and uh, and not only was it amazing fun to make these movies with my buddies, when we showed them other people and they laughed, it was like, oh, wow, that was 
that was really special. So I was was bit by the bug and just me and that group, we made probably seven, eight significant short features. One of them up got to 55 minutes long. Uh, we had like a, uh, we had a giant premiere at our high school auditorium. hundred people showed up. The mayor showed up. It was amazing. We would show those movies. This is before the internet. Um, we'd show those movies on like local uh, cable station. And then people would kind of see us in the streets. Hey, you guys, you're the ones that do those movies. It was amazing. I loved it. And then I went to uh, NYU film school and um, studied more formally. Really learned there about film literacy and going deeper because uh, everything I'd done before there was I would just make the movies and I would watch the popular movie of the week. Um, like I went into NYU film school thinking like Jean-Claude Van Damme, one of my favorite you know, <laughs> you know, creators of, of movies. And they were like, oh, well, I like Scorsese and he does bang, 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 like his, his filmography. I'm like, what the? So it, it was great. And then after that, I sort of deepened my approach to the craft and, and made personal dramas, left NYU uh, at age, uh, and that, that, that summer. Um, at age 22, I made, I wrote, directed, and produced, I produced my first feature and uh, made a couple of other independent films after that. And then ultimately, about 20 years ago, it was almost 2002, I came to Hollywood. Um, I was in New York City most of that time. And, uh, and then pivoted to screenwriting, mostly because the indie films that I made were good, but not great. So people that saw them were like, oh, pretty good but it didn't like they didn't play Sundance they didn't play South by Southwest Toronto um so I could do characters and authenticity really great but I wasn't really impacting audiences uh the way that I could and so then I started getting more repetitions in by just screenwriting bang 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 scripts and um and studying Hollywood structure which I kind of was like ah f Hollywood what do they know <laughs> and then with a little humility I was like well maybe they know a couple things so I got into uh, Save the Cat, and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Met Blake Snyder at his weekend workshop way back in the day when he was still alive. He was he was awesome. And it really changed the way I actually then had a system. And then I could crank out two screenplays a year and really started developing my craft. Um, and then from that point on, I was able to uh, um, tell stories with way more emotional impact. Same characters that I'd always been doing and authenticity, but I would lean into like some genre material that did both, not just like BS genre material, but, but genre material that also felt personal to me. And that's when Hollywood noticed, got signed to UTA, started selling scripts. So that's kind of how it went. How does that kind of translate to eventually you're kind of teaching people, you're kind of, what's your, what's your title that you're kind of giving yourself about screenwriting? How do you coach people? Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I'm a life coach for screenwriters and, and a working Hollywood screenwriter. So those are the two things that I do. And both of them come from the same place in me, right? They're both soulful expressions of, of who I am and why I'm in, on the planet. Because I started making moves with my friends and it was best idea wins. Like there was, there was really no, I mean, we had egos for sure, but like there wasn't much of that in general. It was literally, we were just like, let's make the best thing we can and whatever idea from anybody is fine. Um, I think even one of our early credits in those movies was like directed by all of us. <laughs> it's like, you know, um, very sweet. And so that was kind of the base. Plus I'm, I'm a team sports guy. Um, so I've always been team centered. Um, so I informally supported and, and sort of helped people with the craft and their journeys. The whole time. Um, in film school, I, there was a time when I remember <laughs> 
you can imagine some of the pretentious movies at NYU school, <laughs> you know, some crazy thing. And I was, and it was experimental and pretentious as hell. I was like, this is so effing boring. And I was yet totally fascinated. Like, why did they choose? What's going on? Why am I bored? What specifically is making me bored? So I fell in love with, and in the process um, in, in a way, it's almost like a mechanic with a car. It's like um, you may or may not want to drive this car, but you know, great mechanic has a fascination of how it goes and why. So I, I really fell in love with the craft in, in film school and, and helping my, my colleagues that way. Um, in the late 90s, I started uh, an, an online writers group right mm -hmm. when the internet really started. When I got to Hollywood, 2002, I started a, a sort of a, a professional writer, a screenwriting, uh, screenwriting group for people who are really serious about screenwriting, um, where it was basically, you know, peer to peer support. And then um, even when I started selling scripts, you know, script sales go up and they go down and they go up and they go down. So, that, so when I was in between a, a writing assignment, um, I was I had time on my hands and doing other things. So. I started teaching a class at UCLA Extension, and uh, it was, you know, it was basically one class per semester, um, and it's, uh, it's a, uh, and it was fine, but it was academic, you know, it was like, um, you know, teaching theory, teaching the craft, which was fun, and I got to create the curriculum based on the sort of class that they wanted me to teach, so it was fun for a while, and it was, it was, it was a really good experience, but ultimately, I felt like I was making a surface level impact on people. And that wasn't really why I'm on the planet. Meanwhile, there's a separate track of my life about personal growth. Um, I had some, some, you know, some core adversity stuff in my life around uh, abandonment, my father not being around in the way that I wanted. Um, I dealt with that through therapy and other ways in my 20s. And I got into men's group, this men's, men's group in particular called the Mankind Project in uh, October of 04, I initiated. And that really changed my life. And then and in, in that period, actually, in my late 20s, I was studying a lot of different psychology, sort of traditional psychology, personal growth stuff. Um, and then in my men's group, it was all other level stuff. It was basically doing hero's journey transformations in real life every week. You know, so a guy comes in, pissed off at his wife. What's going on? And you basically facilitate this person going on an act one, act two, act three hero's journey. And then 15 minutes later, he's like, oh, I love my wife again. <laughs> you know? And, you know, could be about a, a, a problem with money, with work, with this, with that. And you just and then same thing with me. If I got a problem. I go there. These buddies, just a fellowship. You know? So. Um, but I realized and then I would see like a movie like uh, some kind of monster. Um, that, that Metallica documentary about the, the, the band was having a real difficult time and they hired a life coach. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And they, they pay that guy like 30,000 a month. This is like 2006 or something. I go, what the? And I'm watching what he's doing. And I'm like, hey, that guy's doing the same thing I'm doing like for free around the corner. <laughs> like, what is, what is going on? Or I go watch Tony Robbins, really great. Uh, like, I'm not your guru or something. That documentary, wonderful. He does like the rock star version. He'll basically get a, have a couple stand up and they, what's going on. And he's like, just no, you guys are bullshitting yourself. Be honest. Same stuff I was doing and getting done to me for 20 years in my men's group. Tony Robbins would do it the rock star style in front of 5,000 people. It's awesome. But literally, I know a handful of people that are as good, if not better, than Tony Robbins at facilitating, right? Mm -hmm. It's just a skill. You just, you know, you just need to be able to 
really challenge people on certain thoughts and beliefs because we lie to ourselves and other people all day long. Not because we're bad people, just because of the way the per perception works. And when you're open to being coached and called on those limiting beliefs, saying, dude, you're saying this, but like, does that really make sense? Because this. And then shit changes. You go on that hero's journey. So I was doing it just for fun, well, fun for, for exploration, for satisfaction, sorting out my own sort of life challenges. And then I realized after being at UCLA Extension, teaching the craft formally and feeling like this is totally surface, hmm. what if I become a life coach for screenwriters? And that changed greatly. Then um, whether I was on a writing assignment or in between writing assignments or doing both or whatever, it was dream life all day long. And so that's what I do. I, I write my own screenplays. In the screenplays, I take the audience on some sort of hero's journey because they're vicariously uh, relating to my hero who's on the hero's journey. And I talk to other writers who are on their experience of life hero's journey, making more money, making better screenplays, making better systems. Any facet of the game can be looked at systematically. And, you know, most people's systems are terrible. Um, and even worse is the people who have bad systems but think their systems are really strong. And then once you gently talk to them, say, okay, so I'm hearing that you think your system of X is really great. Well, how much money have you made as a screenwriter? Well, I haven't really made that much. Okay, well then maybe the way you're evaluating your system could be thought of differently so you mm -hmm. actually have room to then develop you. So it's all very specific and concrete. Um, and I love it. So in the same way that like, like movies, great screenwriting is concrete, progression of transformation hero starts here and then faces this concrete challenge like a scene is when it's just two characters sitting in the diner talking there's no it's surface right it's head blah 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 blah. and i looked at you know one of those movie post movies on the poster that richard linklater's um before sunrise series before sunrise before sunset before midnight so i like talking movie but in general our screenplays hit harder when it's subtextually driven with concrete uh examples so for example if you look at rocky it's a it's a redemption story about he, how he learns to believe in himself um but if he just did it by sort of you know having conversations or whatever it would have hit at a certain level but the fact that he demonstrates his redemption by standing up to the heavyweight champ not even beating him in the first one just standing up and going the distance that externalizes the internal uh, transformation that he, that he, and then it's rousing as that. The movie holds up beautifully. So, um, anyway, kind of I touched on a lot of things, but but basically, what I do is I'm, I'm fascinated with that transformation in writers themselves, in, in heroes that I write, in the audience when they watch my stuff. It's all, and even the marketing. Like I love marketing my, my coaching business because. I'm transforming somebody from a stranger who's this weird ball guy on the internet um, to somebody who's like, oh, he's kind of interesting to like, oh my God, this guy's effing changing my life. Like, I love that transformation. It's just as fun as me watching a movie or a TV show or whatever, it's human transformation. If you're on an early consultation with someone and you're describing your your process versus like a script consultant and that you start to kind of mention some of these things, are people fearful to go that deep in themselves? What are some of those conversations like? Yes. And, uh, and that's, that's one of the biggest challenges of, of my job is really meeting them where they're at without any judgment. You know, how human nature works. You just get familiar with something because I do this all day long at a really deep level. It's super familiar for me. So everybody in my program is like, they're cranking. It's like, so 
Um, it's all, it's sort of like if you, uh, if, for anybody that's sort of sports fans out there, if you go to like a practice at like a really great NBA team or a great college hoops team or whatever, there's an expectation of greatness. There's things that they do in the culture mm. that sort of, so um, that's the world that I live in. Everybody I, I'm with, it's all about that sort of greatness speed. Um, I was at a uh, event. I won't, I won't say <laughs> where it was, but it, it was an event with people that are really at that sort of level of commitment. And, um, and it was just, it was like, it was like deer in the headlights. And I had to just keep going like, dude, just bring it back, bring it back, <laughs> bring it back. Because we all feel fear as we should when it's too far ahead of where we are right now. So everything I tend to do is go exactly right piece of information, right time, so they get one specific transformation. Um, and when I'm not doing a very good job as a coach, I'm saying things, or usually for A, talking too much, or B, just um, sharing stories is powerful, but doing it with brevity is, is even better. So that it's, because it's really about the, the client's transformation process in that call. So um, if they're feeling too much fear, um, I'm missing cues. The idea is a little bit of fear. Because that's because mm. we need to, like Joseph Campbell said it beautifully, and he was quoting one of those Arthurian legends where you go to the deepest, darkest part of the forest. Like that's where the real treasure is. Um, so I, on the call at the right time in the right way, support people in going through, um, you know, whatever is is the next, you know, you know, adventure for them, you know, and 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 there's always another adventure. So like, um, but if I, if they're feeling fear, it's because I'm probably not in tune enough with where they are right now a little bit of fear is good but like a lot of fear is just then it's distracting but usually i, I mean people aren't like freaked the f out but it's also not like hey we're just having a beer hanging out i'm not going to challenge you at all they're, they're paying me a lot of money to challenge them in ways that gets them effing results as soon as possible that requires me to challenge them i can't just you know you talk to your friend they're like yeah i want to lose 20 pounds but they're like chugging a beer and eating like nachos you're like all right buddy you know high five you know and like right. or you might go dude what are you doing but like it's not your job to like coach that person you're your friend and what do you care like all right hey pass the nachos you know <laughs> like but if if i'm if they're paying me as trainer that's a different relationship then it's like dude you want to lose x amount of pounds in in, in next in in, in this, this amount of time awesome if you eat these nachos that's going to hear the, hear the consequences for making that choice. And here's how less likely it is to be able to, for you to use those pounds. It's your choice, right? But like, I'm just showing you how it works. And that's what I do as a screenwriter. You want to write professionally? Awesome. Here are the choices you're currently making. If you keep making those choices, here's what you're likely to do. Probably make the same amount of money, which probably isn't very much. If you want to make more money, if you want to impact more people, if you want to blah, 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 here are some options you have which are the ones that you think are great. I like this one. Awesome. Let's talk about that one. Here's a way to measure your progress there. So it's all very measurable. What happens in practice, as you know, um, even professionals are kind of winging their effing systems. They're not that, you know, they're, they're all sorts of really um, mindset choices, sort of perception design choices that just um, aren't that dialed in. And it's amazing that so many people can succeed having those sort of mindset uh, beliefs. You know, here's, here's a common one to be specific. Writing is hard. I saw just the other day um, uh, a teacher of the craft who I totally, awesome guy, really, really good guy, 
posted a quote from somebody else who said, writing is like hell. Um, not writing is also hell. The only thing that's great is the moment after you've just written. And like, wow, what a fucking terrible <laughs> mindset uh, uh, belief. A, for that person that actually said that quote, and then B, for this teacher of the craft to be putting that energy out there. It's terrible. It's mm -hmm. terrible. That guy who said it, that guy who promoted it, are again their their intentions are good and they're fine and, and I get the spirit of what they're what they're going for, but it's a really inefficient way to move your progress forward. What we want is gentle language, authentic language, inspired language, concrete measurements, and that get us into flow state on demand, deeply, sustainably, by by creating a belief around writing that it's hard and that it's hellish, and that um, not doing it, uh, both of those things are just so explosive. Mm -hmm. So um, it's not conducive to, to flow state. It's not conducive to you writing at your best uh, way, you're in your best process, you living your best life. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a very dramatic way to, to approach the game. And the way I coach you is to put the drama on the page to keep your process really easy, breezy, and fun. I watched the interview you did with Film Courage, and it reminded me kind of what you were just saying, too, that Elizabeth Gilbert says there's the playful trickster and the tor tortured martyr. Those are the two types of the writers. And if you think about the guy alone in his room, barely getting a page out versus someone who's having fun. And I interviewed Mattson Tomlin. He writes 10 scripts a year. It sounds impossible. Um, to, how do you like how long does it take for someone to start to shift their mindset while working with you? Right, like right away. Like if you wanted me to coach you right now, I, I could help you shift mindsets right away. Yeah. Um, and the beauty of it is when we work and shifting today and the next day and the next day and the next day, the exponential power of, of those changes are off the effing charts. Because what happens is, is when you first start thinking is, hey, I'm having this trouble with writer's block or hey, I can't get an agent or hey i you know i don't get any feedback because people are mean or whatever your your block is we start there and we get into how you're seeing it and we just say is that really the best way to see it does that really make sense because once you put it up most of the most of the ways that people are doing it aren't really even sometimes advice they get like i said there was a the guy that did that advice awesome teacher of the craft you know quoting a professional writer terrible effing mindset choices so of course, people are really confused about their mindset. Mm -hmm. um, so I just, I take it one thing, one, one thing at a time. You, and then here, here's the point that I was getting at. So micro changes every day, every session, and then they lead to massive effing changes. Let's say just for exa example, a 1% change in one session and, you know, and then, um, you know, 1% change every single day in 30 days, 30% effing change. Kidding me? The, I'm telling you, when you do mindset shifting, the, the growth is exponential. It's not just like, oh, hey, I can actually finish my screenplay now. Like that's that's like the surface level changes, which are awesome. Like somebody that struggles to finish a screenplay and now they can. Cool. But like what's way more powerful is not only can I finish a screenplay, but like I'm blowing people away emotionally. I'm living a better life. I'm creating multiple income streams. My friendships are better because I don't ask my friends to do things they don't want to do. I've got other people in my life for other things. And I ask people for what they love doing. 
I'm attracting people who are living their life purpose and I'm living my life purpose more. And again, it's spiraling up. I'm not Mr. Guru guy. I'm a human being. I'm really good at some things and I have systems and each of my systems I'm aware of and I allow them to get even better because it's effing fun for me. So you meet a lot of uh, prospective clients on Twitter. You, you asked a couple of questions. I want to go over one of those questions. What's the main obstacles you face right now in your career, craft, or mindset? What are some typical answers you hear? Or is there like a most common answer you hear? I love that. Um, so for career, career strategy, almost all writers, um, even professional ones already have representation, think, A, they need representation, or they have a rep and they need better representation. Ah, <laughs> oh, really low quality mindset idea. Right. Super disempowered. Why? Because you're dependent on somebody else. You know. Um, and and again, this again, I'm, I'm laughing because I this is me. You know, this, this is my. I when I got representation, I was like, great, this is awesome. Where where are the meetings? Where where's all the assignments? Like I, you know, I'm good. This guy's vouching for me. I'm good. And then I got signed at UTA by the best spec salesman, spec salesman in town. I was like, because I had a manager first, and then I got that that guy. I was like, this is amazing. Like this, nobody in town sells more specs than this dude. I'm like, where are the assignments? Where are the <laughs> but it's it's I'm laughing because once you get into it, you actually realize he had at that time when I was with him, I had to fire him because of the WGA dispute a year or two ago. Um but when I was with him, he had 92 other clients mm -hmm. and they work on commission. It's humanly impossible for him to give me the attention that I wanted. Yeah. Like impossible. And yet almost all writers are expecting, like here's, here's the expectation. And this was God, I wasn't like 22 when I signed with him. I was like later on in my life, I've been learning a lot. I signed with UTA and I'm like, awesome. I got 10 scripts. You know, you like this one. I got plenty more where that came from, brother. Let's go. Um, should I should I send over these ten scripts now? Or, and they go, one one other script. <laughs> and I was like, what? But I, of course, of course, right? And even with that one other script, it was like, guys, they're working on effing commission. They don't see a dime unless they get a deal done. They can't just read F ten of my scripts. I mean, it's mind blowing how how. Um, the lack of career awareness of that is. And again, so that's like everybody, even professionals. They, they just, they don't have, most of them don't really have expectations that are conducive to them creating really powerful, wonderful relationships. Because they're asking, they're, they're expecting the reps to do something that's totally against their nature. And, and it's not impossible for them to keep the lights on if they're paying attention to the writers in the way they want. And now you have people who don't even have representation being like, I'm, I'm ready. I mean, it's, there's just, there's, there's a drastic gap between what's really the most reasonable way to approach it and the way almost everybody does. So that's career strategy. Number one, mm -hmm. number one mistake with career strategy. Mindset. Number one is, um, imposter syndrome, which we all have. Um, and, um, ways of dealing with it that just aren't um aren't effective or not even aware so you, you, there's all sorts of antidote antidote for imposter syndrome and if you don't get ahead of it with these different ways of, of doing it it just undermines your uh undermines your confidence and your in your belief in yourself um and so then you end up 
often have swing between grandiosity, I'm the best ever, or oh, I'm a piece of crap, right? And neither one is true. Hmm. You know, and neither one even helps. And what you really just want to focus on is, hey, I'm doing this thing. I'm, I'm getting a little bit better today. Specificity, boom, boom, boom. That's that's sort of so. So mindset is. Uh, so to summarize it, I would say the mindset problem is um, very weak sauce ways of dealing with syndrome, if anything. Most most people will literally just don't even think of it that way, and they just wing it, and they drastically undermine their power. Yeah. Uh, the third one, uh, craft. This one actually is. This is the one that most people focus on, but it's the least impactful. There's there's all sorts of systems. Blake Snyder's the cat's a great system. I have a nine tip system. There's all sorts of good ones. If you get any system that helps, and you're using it, and you're selling scripts, you're good. Keep going. If you're not selling scripts. It's probably because you actually don't have a system or you don't have one that you're applying at the full level. Apply one, mine, Blake's, anyone to the full level first before you start tinkering with it. Me, <laughs> you know, uh, and most people are too rebellious for our own good. You get a little bit in, like eh, after rest, I know what I'm talking about. And the truth is, no, the system is the path through the woods. Don't get the machete out and hack your own path. Go through the, you're going to have to do some hacking anyway, but go through the path that's laid out before you using a system. So, so craft, but like that's, if you go to like MFA screenwriting program, that's all they teach really, which is really kind of a, a limited way because again, the mindset and career strategy is a much more impactful way to advance your career. The craft is like expected. You got to do that. And, and as long as you keep going, you get a system, you can do it. But like most people don't really have any system and they don't have, and the system they have, they're only quasi conscious of it. So when I work with somebody, I'm very like, Hey, what are you doing? What are you trying to do? That's why nine steps and you crushed step one. Okay, cool. Now let's go to step two. Great. And even people that are professionals, I can coach them because they're doing, they're doing some of those steps, but a lot of them are intuitive. So they're kind of winging it. So what, what I can do is go, okay, let's kind of focus because your audience is wondering about step three. And if you don't have that consciously created and, and did like 20, 30 repetitions for step three, you know, you, you're, you're leaving some creative juice on the table. And so I can go in at the right time or the right way and go, hey, professional writer, you're really awesome at here. If you want to go here, I can show you exactly how to do that. If you don't, fine, let's focus on something else that is most impactful. Perfect. That was great. What's the best way? I'll put a link. You can put your website, Twitter. What would be the best way to contact you? Um, yeah, you can do. I would say uh, uh, LinkedIn, actually. It's probably LinkedIn. the best way. Yeah. Okay. LinkedIn or, or Twitter. I'm, I'm at Brooks Elms, LinkedIn or Twitter. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. Before you take off, I want to give you a free gift. I'm giving you my first book, Ink by the Barrel, for free. That's the digital download and audiobook at brockswinson.com. Inside this book, you'll learn how to annihilate writer's block by embracing Elizabeth Gilbert's playful trickster mentality. You can learn to weaponize your anxiety with Kevin Kelly's different is better approach. And learn how to defend your time with Ryan Holiday's calendar anorexia mindset. There's just a few other ideas in the book, Ink by the Barrel. It's also based on over 400 interviews I've done right here on Creative Principles. So go steal that book right now, Ink by the Barrel, to learn how to be a prolific writer. You can get your copy that's digital download and audiobook at brockswinson.com, B-R-O-C-K-S-W-I-N-S-O-N.com. And if it's your first time here, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Make sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode.